0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Pastor Josiah. So glad to be with you along for the ride of God's holy and inspired Word, the Bible. I so look forward to this podcast. I hope you do too. It's our intention to help all of you who are trying to stay connected to Scripture day by day. It's worth it. It's been a good investment for me in my life, and any of the times that I've fallen off and just gotten back up and gotten back on board. God has been right there, you know. He never leaves us. We may walk away from Him, but He doesn't walk away from us. And that's the way His Word is. It's right there, waiting for you every time you get back into it. But it's a big book, and uh, we need some help and encouragement. Or I have. I've needed help and encouragement along the way to stay connected to it. So, I hope this podcast serves that purpose for you. We're going to be in uh, the Book of Galatians today, uh, Paul's letter to the Galatian church. So you prob- you probably already know, but Paul used to, you know, a lot of the letters that we have in what we call books in the New Testament are letters from Paul to churches that he planted. Something like three-fourths of the New Testament is a collection of writings from Paul the Apostle. And not every single letter fits this, but most of them do, is that this is a church that he planted and then is writing a letter to, to encourage and to challenge and some other things. And uh, many of you may know, if you're at all familiar with Paul, letters that Galatians is, uh, <laughs> Paul's uh, unhappy with what the Galatian church is doing. They're being led astray apparently by um, a group of evangelists or, you know, teachers, preachers, something that want to draw them away from this Jesus died for you and wiped your sins away so that all can be born again in him and have new life just because of Christ and his sacrifice for us. And they're trying to draw them away into, no, there's other you know, rituals and uh, holidays and feasts and other things you need to do in order that you um, could be right with God. So that's got Paul's you know hair up, so he's throughout trying to get the Galatians back online, I would think. And it, it comes through in the letter, though he's pretty heated. Um, it's because he loves them and wants to see them. You know free in christ and so galatians chapter 5 verse 1 is our um, verse of the day and i just wanted you to have that background there that the overall context of the book is paul trying to remind them that it's they've been set free in christ okay so in galatians 5 and 1 reading in the esv it says for freedom christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery." For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I love the turn of phrase there at the beginning. uh, For freedom Christ has set us free. You know, Paul's got a great way with words. Um, Just so, you know, well said and kind of get your mind going, you know. Christ has set you free, not so you could go back to slavery. I mean, it seems obvious, but when he puts it that way, it's just very memorable. It's, it's for the purpose of spiritual freedom that Christ has set us free. And then uh, we know that some people are trying to be an influence on the Galatian Christians and pull them back into a system of you know rules and regulations that can make them okay with God. So that's why the next part is personal. Stand firm, therefore. So someone is trying to pull them away from what Christ has done for them, and they should stand firm uh, in in that instead of being pulled away, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. A yoke is um, frequently, well, I don't want to overdo it, but it's something you come upon a lot in the New Testament, especially Jesus um, has a few things about his yoke, and uh, it's not the yellow part of an egg that we're talking about here. It's like a wooden, or, you know, I don't know. What would I know? I live in. I'm no farmer here, but uh, from what I've seen in picture books and such, a yoke is some kind of a device. I've seen wooden ones for oxen. I'm sure there's other types that were supposed to secure two working animals together so that when they work and pull and move, they would work and pull and move together. So it would have been a picture that um, the audience, the original audience of these letters were very familiar with. And so he refers to this teaching, this new teaching. He's trying to say these teachers are trying to yoke them to their new way. And he calls it a yoke of slavery. And he's implying that that's where all of us were before christ set us free do you notice that submit again to a yoke of slavery so he's saying before Christ we were tied to a slave a kind of slavery I was I can say that for sure my old life of sin selfishness I was yoked to it it moved and I moved with it and it was a slavery I didn't know how to get away from it a lot of times I didn't wasn't even smart enough to want to get away from it and then when I was, I couldn't do anything about it, until Christ set me free. And that might be your story today as well. So if you remember that, then you're getting kind of the feel here that Paul's going for. So you remember when you were a slave. Don't forget that Christ set you free, and don't move back to it. Just remember that it's for freedom that Christ set you free. Now one of the parts that they're trying to be that evidently they were being pulled back to was some things from the Old Testament covenant of the law. So many of you will remember that one of the main markers that was given to Abraham to show that, you know, God had given him the family that he said he would, this promised people that became the people of Israel. They were supposed to circumcise every male that was born to them. And it was a big, um, indicator of their belonging to God, this physical sign, said, these are mine. So that's why Paul goes on to say in verse two, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, so remember, it's nothing about circumcision itself that's the problem. It's the fact that it's tied to this old code, this old way of belonging to God. There's a new way in Christ now, So they're trying to pull him back to the old way, and Paul says, if you accept that, then Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are, listen to this, severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, that's capital S, the Holy Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. And keep that in mind. But only faith working through love. Only faith working through love. So some of the dangers of when we say we want to stay away from legalism or like trying to trying to go with what Paul's trying to tell the Galatians here, which is what you need is Christ. He's the one who sets you free. It's funny, but we can almost instantly step back in the other direction. So you could, I I can understand if we didn't pay attention to the context in these verses where we could begin to think Paul is condemning the act of circumcision. Like that's the problem. Like doing that is making God mad. And so if you do it, then that's the problem. And it's easy to miss. We have to pay close attention to see, like in verse 4, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. That's the point. So it's when we try to point to anything but Christ to say, because I do these things or because I don't do these things, that's how I know that I belong to God. When as for Bible-believing Christians, the only thing that we can point to to say, this is how I know I belong to God is what Jesus Christ has done for us who by the Holy Spirit has brought us righteousness and we eagerly wait for the hope of it. Because we know that in Christ, those of us who've joined ourselves or been joined to Christ Jesus, that yoke with Jesus instead of with that old slavery, then we begin to understand that it's neither, you know, circumcision or not, you know, do it or don't. It counts it doesn't count for anything. It's only faith working through love. Now, there's so much we could go on here. Uh, You know, all the New Testament letters are tightly packed and there's lots of good stuff in there. But just to keep to our time constraints, I think that's about all we can do today. Um, We often ask where we can see Christ and where we can see Jesus in these verses. And what's nice is he's the centerpiece. You know, it begins and ends with him. Um, Jesus came and accomplished something that I think it's hard for us to wrap our heads around if we've gotten a little too used to it. But what he came and did is set us free from an old way. Now for these who are maybe a lot of you listening, weren't raised in Judaism. You weren't raised to, you know, that circumcision was a part of your religion or, you know, sacrifices or temple service or anything like these, maybe you're not used to that. What's cool is that all of us live in a culture, that's offering us a way of righteousness, that if you do these certain things or don't do these things, then you're a righteous person. Whereas, so for all of us, it's relevant that Jesus offers us himself as our righteousness. He himself is our peace, you know? So as you can see, Jesus is central in these verses. So I hope you've enjoyed, um, you know, if you're driving around or you're at work or whatever today, and maybe you're dealing with a little bit of condemnation, fear. Like, does God know who I am or how can I know I belong to him? I hope these verses have helped you. I know they're helping me. All right. I look forward to seeing you next time.